Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Elite Titans podcast. I am your host, known Twitter scoundrel, the Canadian Titan, fan of the year snub, and we are back to discuss the Denver Broncos. Now, if you are an avid listener of the Elite Titans podcast, you might be thinking to yourself, hey, Ethan Jordan, you Elite Titans fan, you, where was last week's episode? Where was the episode of you gloating about the fact that the Tennessee Titans were on a five-game winning streak just as you predicted? Where, oh, where was the episode recapping the Kansas City Chiefs game? Well, that's kind of this one. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But I was actually in New Orleans. That's right. This Canadian transplanted himself into your great, great United States of America to celebrate a wonderful wedding. Now, not really going to talk about the wedding. That has nothing to do with this podcast. But just a quick shout out to Nathaniel and Kayla. Thank you so much for having me at your wedding and forcing me to go to the fattest country in the world. That's not a shot at the United States. That's just a fact. The food in New Orleans was a fucking amazing. But let's focus instead on what really matters, and that's the Tennessee Titans. Now this past Sunday, whilst I was at a wedding, the Tennessee Titans lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, and it was a tragic loss for a multitude of reasons most of which was the fact that I could not watch the game. I had to hide in the corner and refresh Twitter for updates. I couldn't even be sad like the rest of the elite Titans fans listening right now. I had to be sad in a different way. I had to be sad because my data was very expensive and the updates were slow going. Titans lost 20-17 to to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, there's not really a lot that I can take away from that game, part and parcel because I did not watch it, part and parcel because it was another start for backup quarterback and future Tennessee Titans full-time starter Malik Willis. Now, he only completed five passes, and none of them were to wide receivers. So what can you really pull from the game? Well, you can pull that he seemed more confident. And I definitely think that that is something worth noting. Sure, the offense wasn't really moving if the ball was not in the hands of Derrick Henry. And sure, the only pass worth a damn was a, the first pass to Chig Okonkwo, in which Chig did literally all of the work. I mean, did you see that man running through 16 Kansas City defenders? There's only 11 defenders on the field. How did he run through 16? But I digress. Malik looked better. At least he did not look completely overwhelmed as he did against the Houston Texans. Ideally, you would like Mike Rabel and Todd Downing to give him more of an opportunity to let him to, to let Malik cook, as the young kids say. But that was not to be. And to be completely honest, I'm fine with the game plan that the Titans employed. Now, if you were following along on Titans Twitter, as I was forced to do, you would have seen many, many irate Titans fans once again pounding the table and blaming Todd Downing. God damn it, Tom, you're holding this team back. We'd be undefeated without you, Todd Downing. And of course, we all know that that is bullshit. 
I have went at length explaining why Todd Downing is not nearly as bad as you all seem to think he is, so I'm not going to rehash that argument here. But I will say, what exactly are the Titans supposed to do to appease this rabid, vengeful fan base? Really? Because if any of you paid attention, which I'm sure you did if you were listening to this, because you are an elite Titans fan, nobody expected the Titans to beat the Chiefs. The spread, I believe, heading into the game was 12 and a half points, and many people, even many Titans fans, fully believed that the Chiefs were going to cover that 12 and a half point spread. Whether you believed it because Malik Willis was starting and he could barely move the ball, or if you believed it because the Kansas City Chiefs are just that goddamn fearsome, I don't know. But many Titans fans believed it. And it actually came down to the wire. The game went to overtime and it ended because the Titans couldn't move the ball. But if you had told me that Patrick Mahomes was throwing the ball 68 times and that the Titans had only completed five passes, I would have thought this was a blowout. An absolute shellacking. A one-sided beatdown. And it wasn't that. Now, I was told recently that there are no moral victories in the NFL. But if you look at that loss, and you look at the Titans' other primetime loss in Week 2 against the Buffalo Bills... If you look at those two games and you consider them to be the exact same because they are both primetime losses, you, my friend, are a fucking idiot. Now, I'm not happy about a loss, especially a loss in which the Titans were leading just before overtime hit. The score was 17-9, and I had hope and belief that the Titans would continue to give the ball to Derrick Henry, and we would just ride out another ugly yet beautiful win. But that's not what happened, so I can't be happy. That said, guys, we lost by three points to the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that so many people believe are Super Bowl contenders, and we did it whilst very injured. So injured that our starting quarterback was not playing. I've seen some people say that there's no difference, or there's no real difference, between Malik Willis and Ryan Tannehill, but Ryan Tannehill wins that game. I don't even think that that's that's a large leap to make. That's not even that much speculation required. Because there's, I'm not saying Malik was the reason why only five passes were completed. But I'm almost 100% sure Ryan Tannehill completes more passes. More than five passes. Give me a break. Ryan Tannehill plays, the Titans win the game. So with this defense being absolutely light the fuck out, and with the offense finally getting healthy because Traylon Burks should be back heading into this game against the Denver Broncos. Sure, we're not going to be as fantastic as we were in the peak of the Arthur Smith era. But guys, a passable passing offense with Derrick Henry and this elite, yes, elite 
Titans defense, we're cooking, boys and girls. It's 2022. We are cooking. So let's move on from the Kansas City Chiefs debacle, and let's move on to the Denver Broncos. Now, I have said ever since the offseason that the Denver Broncos are hot doo-doo garbage, that Russell Wilson is overrated, and that the trade was an absolute shit show for the Denver Broncos to make, way overpaying, and then to do the contract? Ugh. Absolutely embarrassing, and I am sure that there is not a single Denver Broncos fan who is happy or proud to be a fan in 2022. The real question is, will they be a fan after Sunday? Now, the Broncos suck. Let's be real, guys. Their offense is garbage, but their defense, their defense is pretty good. In fact, they're really good. One of the best passing defenses in the NFL and not that terrible of a run defense, especially when they're fully healthy. Now, at the trade deadline, they made the absolutely questionable decision, we'll say, to trade Bradley Chubb to the Miami Dolphins to try and recoup a little bit of the Russell Wilson debacle picks. But they traded away their best pass rusher and... The pass rushers that they have to replace him are not going to be active on Sunday. Outside linebacker, what's his name? Brennan Browning, who has popped off in recent weeks, appears to be inactive. He's currently out for the Sunday night or for the Sunday game. Randy Gregory, I believe, is on injured reserve. He's not playing. So and and Bradley Chubb is in Miami. So I'm not particularly concerned about the pass rush of the Denver Broncos. That is even with everyone's favorite left tackle, Dennis Daly, being out there. And that's even if Nate Davis decides that he can't play at right guard. I'm not at all concerned about the pass rush of the Denver Broncos. And through the perfect magic of editing, you're not even going to notice the fact that my fire alarm just went off, woke up my daughter, and it's been about 25 minutes since the last time I was talking. So I don't actually have any clue, any any idea what I was just talking about. Uh, So we're going to move on and instead talk about the players who are currently out for the Tennessee Titans. Now the list is very sad particularly if you are a fan of defense, because the majority of the players who are not playing are defensive starters, at least the defensive starters that we have now. First and foremost, Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons is not playing on Sunday, and I know that is devastating to many and many of a Titans fan, but in actuality, it's probably not going to be that big of a deal. Now, I'm not trying to say Jeffrey Simmons is not an absolute gangster, because he is. He is a stone-cold stud, and the Titans are absolutely going to pay him this offseason. But the Denver Broncos are garbage. A hot, garbage dumpster fire. We don't need Jeffrey Simmons. And I know, there have been countless times where people 
not as elite as myself, has said that we don't need these players for this game. But guys, Tier Tart is a person. He is a person having an absolute breakout season. Let's let Pop-Tart take over for Jeffrey Simmons, and let's let Laurel Murchison, or whoever else we decide to call up, and let's have a committee and give Jeffrey Simmons the time he's going to need to heal up his bum-ass ankle and continue to terrorize teams across the NFL. Not only would it be great to have him for the upcoming Thursday night game against the Green Bay Packers, I particularly want to make sure that he is available for the next game that we have. The next game against the Cincinnati Bengals. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Other players announced out were Amani Hooker, Zach Cunningham, Josh Thompson, whoever the fuck that is, and... Dramatic pause. Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree, once again, the, the, the Bud Dupree stan account of all time, Canadian underscore Titan, is sad to announce that Bud Dupree will be inactive on Sunday. And once again, this brings up, is Bud Dupree worth it? I mean, his contract, his $669 billion contract, is, is directly out of my pocket. So I'm extra miserable about the fact that he is injured again. That pesky hip seems to continue to constantly rear its ugly hip bone every single week. How long has it been since we've not seen Bud Dupree on the injury report and not have to collectively hold our breath every single time Bud Dupree makes a tackle? It's been a long time. He's not worth it. And the Titans should cut him immediately because who needs him? Am I right? No, of course I'm not right. This completely fake caricature of a less elite Titans fan. Because Bud Dupree matters for this defense. In fact, I would say he matters almost as much, almost as much as previously mentioned Jeffrey Simmons. Now, obviously, Jeffrey Simmons is a a force, a one-of-one, the second-best defensive tackle in the NFL. But, But Dupree is a force multiplier. And he makes Jeffrey Simmons better. He makes Rashad Weaver better. Danico Autry, Harold Landry, whenever he comes back from his ACL. The Tennessee Titans need Bud Dupree. That's the last thing I'm going to say on the topic because, as I said, I am a Bud Dupree stan account. Now, all of these injured defenders hurt my heart and soul. And if this were any other team other than the Tennessee Titans, coached by Mike Rabel, I would be concerned. But as I just said, this is a Tennessee Titans team coached by Mike Vrabel, and next man up is our mantra. Because when Derrick Henry got injured last year, every single person said we were done. And we weren't. And when Harold Landry got injured... So many people, national media and Titans fan alike, said, we are done. This defense is going to be mediocre at best. And you know what this defense is? Elite. And when we traded A.J. Brown, I'm sorry, 
when we traded Voldemort away, people said, we are done. This offense is going to be last in the league. And last I checked, let me just pull up the stats here. Okay, actually, let's not let's not focus on that point. Let's let's just focus on the other two. The Titans are going to be fine, and that brings me to the final point in regards to this Denver Broncos game. Ryan Tannehill. Now on Wednesday, Ryan Tannehill either he didn't practice or he was limited. On Thursday, he was a full participant, making everybody super happy. And then today, Friday, as I record this. He is currently questionable for Sunday after another limited practice on Friday. And guys, this is my official Elite Titans podcast prediction. Whether it is Ryan Tannehill out there or it is Malik Willis out there, the Tennessee Titans are going to beat the Denver Broncos on Sunday. Now, if it's Ryan Tannehill... This is a lock. This is a bet your life savings on the Tennessee Titans. Because passing the ball, there's no one I would trust more than Ryan Tannehill in this situation. No one throws into tight windows quite like Ryan Tannehill. And nobody, nobody can be average with the hot garbage that we have at wide receiver quite like Ryan Tannehill. Now with Malik Willis... I believe the plan is going to be the same as the plan has been the last two weeks. Give the ball to Derrick Henry. Give the ball to Derrick Henry. Give the ball to Derrick Henry. And I believe both those strategies, whether passing with a subpar passing attack or handing the ball to Derrick Henry, is going to be good enough to beat the Denver Broncos. Because as I've said on countless occasions, their offense is so shit. Their offense sucks. The Tennessee Titans are going to win on Sunday. Now, there's one really, really concerning thing about this Denver Broncos defense that has me a little concerned. And that's Patrick Sertan. Patrick Sertan in his second season has been one of, if not the best corner in the NFL. I'm sure the argument could be made between, you know, him and Sauce Gardner and some people still continue to say Jalen Ramsey because they hold on to the past way too hard. But Patrick Sertan is playing lights out. He's borderline locking down a side of the field. And if Justin Simmons, the safety, the standout safety that everyone seems to confuse for Jeffrey Simmons because they're stupid, if Justin Simmons is playing and he's at 100%, then I'd be super, super concerned that we won't be able to throw deep. Now, I know the Titans don't really throw deep because they can't throw deep because our offensive line is so garbage. So maybe as I'm talking right now, maybe, just maybe, I'm not too concerned about Denver's defense. The only real hole, like I said, Patrick Sertan, the only real concern would be if we were stupid enough to throw in his direction. Now, maybe he will focus solely on Traylon Burks, and then we have to have Nick Westbrook-Akine and hopefully Des Fitzpatrick to win the other matchups. And we're probably not confident that they can win those matchups. But I am sure with the one or two shots that we will take this game, 
and the one or two receptions that hopefully the wide receivers will make in this game, that we will do enough on offense to win this game. The Titans don't need to score 25 points, 30 points to beat the Denver Broncos. We need to score 15, 20 points. And I believe Derrick Henry can do that on his own, whether he has Malik Willis or Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. That's going to be the key, as seems to be the key, almost every single week. Run the ball with Derrick Henry. My final score prediction is going to be 18-7 to 7 for the Titans. 18-7. to 7. That's, that's, that's got to be a score-gami, right? That sounds like a score-gami. Maybe it's not. And hopefully those are a touchdown and then a touchdown and a two-point conversion for old time's sake plus a field goal, not, not six field goals. That would be really, really fucking boring. So that's my official score prediction. Now, the last thing I want to talk about today, this is going to be a weird episode of the Elite Titans podcast, but there's just something I got to talk about, and that's the Indianapolis Colts, because they are my favorite team to talk about. I might enjoy talking about the Colts, at least this season, more than I like talking about the Titans. Now, all Elite Titans fans know, and even the casuals know, that the Indianapolis Colts are a dumpster fire in 2022. Arguably the worst team in the NFL. Now, they're not the worst team in terms of record. In fact, last I checked, they're currently picking like 11th in the NFL draft. And that would be amazing if they stayed there. But they're probably not going to stay there. The Indianapolis Colts are so terrible that they have fired their head coach their offensive coordinator, the quarterback that they traded for and then extended and gave a stupid contract to, they've moved on from all of them in the last three weeks. And it has been amazing to watch. It was amazing to watch the New England Patriots play like absolute shit and then still dog walk the Indianapolis Colts 26-3. to That was fantastic. I swear they averaged like 1.7 yards per play. They're an embarrassment. And I just know that Colts owner Jim Ursay is ankles, wait, no, ankles deep, neck deep. He's doing coke. He's doing a lot of it. Jesus, Jim Ursay is meddling. And I have seen some Titans fans suggest that they wish they had an owner like Jim Ursay because he is no-nonsense and he sees something he doesn't like and changes it. Are we serious right now? I cannot believe that that is a mindset that Titans Twitter is just allowing to, to exist. Amy Adams Strunk may not be the most vocal of owners, she may not be the richest, and she may not have a Super Bowl ring on one of her dainty little fingers. But she has believed in John Robinson and Mike Rabel, and thanks to her and decisions that she has made, the Titans are getting a new stadium, the Titans have a winning culture, and the Titans are getting free agents who are interested in coming to Nashville. That's Amy Adams Strunk. This past offseason, 
teams avoided, despite the fact that the Indianapolis Colts had one of, if not the most, amount of cap space, teams avoided going there because of all of the dysfunction, because of the lack of a quarterback. This is the same team that had those seven pro bowlers. and Oh, they're on the up and up, and they're Super Bowl contenders now that they have Matt Ryan. It's crazy how we've gone from Super Bowl contenders to, holy shit, are they tanking in just nine weeks? How could any Titans fan want that to be the fate of this team? Blows me away. So the Indianapolis Colts hire Colts legend Jeff Saturday in a clear hope and prayer that maybe a player coach respected as much as Jeff Saturday will turn into a leader of men like Mike Vrabel. It's clear Jim Ursay wants his own Mike Vrabel and he hopes that Jeff Saturday is that man. But guys, Mike Vrabel earned his head coaching spot. He was a coach for Ohio State, I think it was. He was a coach for the Houston Texans. He earned his way up. Linebacker coach, defensive coordinator, head coach. Not high school coach who was absolutely dog shit in the one year he was a high school coach to ESPN analyst to head coach. Jeff Saturday has not earned his stripes the way Mike Vrabel has. And Jim Ursay is praying to God that Saturday could be half as good as Mike Vrabel. And he won't be. He probably won't be. And if he is, well, he's not going to be nearly as good as Mike Vrabel. Let's be real here. There's no way the Colts locker room respects Jeff Saturday. There's no way he's going to be able to implement a culture the way Mike Vrabel has midway through a season. This is an embarrassing move, and I would be absolutely embarrassed to be a Colts fan. And I would be embarrassed to associate with anybody who wishes we had an owner like Jim Irsay. Absolutely embarrassing. And if you ever, for a moment, looked at Jim Irsay and thought, you know, I wish we had that, Go fuck yourself. I have been the known Twitter scoundrel, the Canadian Titan. And this has been the Elite Titans podcast. I'm going to wrap it up a little confused because I still got to go find out why my smoke alarm went off. If you are interested in, in, in following the crazy mayhem that appears to be the Elite Titans pod, you can do so by following me, following me on Twitter at Canadian underscore Titan, or you can follow the podcast at Elite Titans Pod. I have been your host, as I said, Ethan Jordan, the Canadian Titan fan of the year snub. And always, always, always remember, I'm not a homer. I'm just an Elite Titans fan. Tighten up and fuck the Broncos. What the fuck was that sound?